Most of the opportunities, time and energy are lost for two main reasons. One is either friction with people who think and behave differently, or two, friction with ourselves. In other words, self-sabotage. There is a saying in the German language that the highest level of praise is the lack of criticism. So what if the highest level of growth is when we stop wasting our potential and we stop ruining relationships because of misunderstandings we could have avoided? That is exactly what the Amazon bestseller Uncommon Sense in Unusual Times is all about. This transformational book with over 500 pounds worth of resources is fully integrated with an interactive coaching platform to challenge your views on concepts you might have taken for granted and stretch your comfort zone to a point where life is going to make much more sense in these unusual times. If you prefer attending a live course with the author and a group of awesome people, look for the Uncommon Mindset Bootcamp a thought-provoking, blissfully challenging, and psychologically safe program where participants can learn about how to get along with themselves and others so they can achieve much more with the same amount of effort. It's not a bad deal, hey? And welcome to the Inspire Your Life podcast series. I am your host, Arthi Rabikrisun, and I am the founder and MD of Prerna Advisory, based in South Africa. My philosophy, and that of my business, is to inspire others to make step changes that changes their lives purposefully and productively. Therefore, I coach, consult, capital raise and partner with all you crazy, beautiful people in the world to make that happen. My guest on today's episode is Chaba Tot. Chaba is a British-Hungarian entrepreneur, researcher and coach based in the UK. He's the founder of ICQ Global, a people development organization with over 100 licensed partners in 38 countries. ICQ, also known as cultural intelligence, is about leading and serving people in a way that they feel valued, understood and being able to turn our differences into synergies. Chaba is the developer of the multi-award-winning Global Disc Model and the best-selling author of The Uncommon Sense in Unusual Times. I love the name of that book, by the way, Chaba. A hybrid book published with Marshall Goldsmith. Chaba has 15 years of experience in setting up startups, working with Fortune 500 companies, government agencies, entrepreneurs, and certifying over 60 coaches and consultants globally. Chaba, it is such a pleasure to have someone of your expertise able to join us today. Welcome to the Inspire Your Life podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I love your voice. (laughs) 
listen to it all day. Oh, that's beautiful. Thank you so much. <laughs> well, Chaba, that was just a little bit about yourself. So actually, let's get to know you a bit more. So please do share more about yourself with us. Well, I grew up in Hungary in a small village with no traffic lights, nothing. And I had no idea what to do, to be honest. So I studied languages. Okay. And I got a master's degree in Italian linguistics. And I specialized in Italian, English, and Hungarian proverbs containing the word dog and horse. So you can imagine <laughs> the amount of transferable skills I brought to the UK. As an oh, yes. <laughs> it's pretty much nothing. Mm-hmm. But after that, I came to the UK. Then I got another master's in international management. And then it was much more exciting because mm-hmm. I specialized in Eastern and Western European joint ventures. And this is where I found my topic. Because my research showed that the gap between the two generations in Hungary was much bigger than the gap between the new generation and the Western Europeans, which technically contradicted everything we learned about. But all the academics claimed that culture is country specific and stable. And I thought, no, look at the numbers. That's not true at all. Mm-hmm. But who are you to question the, you know, the big boys? They've been around for 40 or 50 years. It's not very polite. So I started my own company after that, which was a restaurant booking site. You book a table, we get the money. That's the business model, but it was more exciting than that. It sounds very familiar, Maxi. (laughs) For the restaurant booking site. The restaurant booking site, yeah. It's, it's, it's a good business model. And I think we managed to create something new because often the restaurants were sick of giving discounts. So they were really happy to find another business model. So instead of discounts, our uh, clients could get, let's say, a bottle of wine on a Friday night. So the perceived value from a customer perspective was 20, 25 pounds, but the cost price to the restaurant was four or five pounds. Mm. So that's a win-win. Yes. Instead of giving 50% off. So we managed to grow really quickly. We started with 35 restaurants. We scaled it up to 5,500 all over the UK. And it became the fastest growing and biggest restaurant listing. And also it turned into a joint venture with a software company. Mm -hmm. On paper, everything made sense. In real life, I couldn't work with the other CEO who was French. So we got to the point where we had to get out of the business. We sold the shares. It wasn't anything pretty. But this is when I started my research. Because I didn't understand how come that was the exact topic of my dissertation. Mm-hmm. I had years of experience. That department itself is number one in the world. How is that possible that I couldn't put that theory into practice? Mm-hmm. And that's why I started my research. And that's how Global Disc was born years later. Wow. So, I mean, you've actually experienced that restaurant going to that high and that peak. But because of those differences between yourself and your partner, ended up being a bit of a failure. Oh my goodness. So, you know, that must have been really, really difficult. And and maybe can you can you share a little bit more about, you know, how did that actually impact you emotionally, mentally? What was going on in your mind knowing that you had built this business to be so successful, but actually it didn't become that way in the end? I think the best solutions are born out of pain and frustration. I had a fair share of that. So, you know, that time it wasn't anything pretty. It wasn't anything inspiring that I wanted to change the world or anything like that. (laughs) No, I just Mm -hmm. fell on my face and I wanted to understand what went wrong and how we could fix it. And and that's how I started my business. But how it felt? Well, horrible. Because, you know, instead of trying things from a different perspective, we just tried harder and it's just getting worse and worse and it is frustrating. And the problem is that it doesn't matter how much you reflect on something you don't know about. Mm. So you're just spinning in the same place and it's difficult. 
And it's not even logical because when you are in pain and you're frustrated, you think about who made a mistake and then you take responsibility, but it's easier to blame other people. Yeah. It's draining. Yeah, and it can be quite a quite a downward spiral. But as you as you mentioned earlier when you answered, you actually basically said, you know, failure is that bedrock for opportunity. Um and, and despite you going through this, you know, mentally or emotionally, um, there were obviously key learnings that came out for you from that experience and other experiences as well. Would you mind sharing some of those with us? I think one of the things was that relying on common sense and good intention is not enough to be successful. The golden rule sounds nice and cute, you know, treat people the way you want to be treated. It just doesn't work in real life because statistically, three out of four people are significantly different than you. And it can backfire. So trying our best is a good starting point, but it's not enough to become successful. Mm-hmm. And that was my biggest challenge, that you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. And until you are exposed to those challenges, you have no idea that you need something. And at the same time, often I felt that I was doing the right thing. Mm. And later on, it turned out that I wasn't. At that time, I truly believed that. So using all of these, then you seize the opportunity based on the research you were already doing but realized that there was something there, something more that could be offered. So maybe share a bit more about that particular point then, the evolution of ICQ, Global Disk, and how that actually came about as a result of these experiences that you had. So when we sold the shares and we got out of the company, that's when I started my research. And I got certified in a lot of different things, including intercultural models, leadership models, psychometric assessments, applied psychology, lots of different things. Mm -hmm. Because my assumption was that if all of these models are or were correct, there must be a huge overlapping part. And that's what I'm interested in. The structure beneath the surface, the blueprint, or why people think and behave differently. Mm-hmm. But also the research showed that around 90 or 95% of companies buy and sell people solutions created in the 60s and 70s. And when those people answered the questions, there was no internet, no EU, no mass migration, no cheap flights. But we are still using those solutions to address the new challenges. And for example, if you look at the employee engagement trend for the last 20 years in the U.S., companies spend billions and billions, but the numbers are not really changing. They keep doing the same thing, expecting different results, which is pretty much the definition of insanity. Let's be honest, the world completely changed. It's almost like trying to fix a smart TV with tools designed for black and white ones. Yes, you can try it harder, but it's not going to get you better results. So that was one of the main revelations. And from that, actually, you know, that's where it actually drew out the opportunity set of building that blueprint that's relevant for companies today. Um, and hence how you've actually grown from there. That's fantastic. Maybe, maybe speak a little bit to us uh, a bit more about what actually cultural intelligence and an uncommon mindset is meant to be and why it's so important. Um, in this current VUCA environment that we're in, Shaba. So when you mention the word culture, then often people think about countries, nationalities, the visible layer of diversity. Having said that, if you look at the research behind it, there is only one layer of diversity that has proven benefit in terms of performance, mm-hmm. and that is cognitive diversity, the invisible layer. Okay. And that's the difficult one, because diversity is cool until somebody disagrees with you. But what happens after that? That's the dividing line between diversity and inclusion. Diversity is just the potential for success or disaster. It depends on how much you understand yourself and others. So focusing on the visible layer is really important in terms of equity and equality. But if you look at actual performance, 
then we have to focus on cognitive diversity. And this is what Global Disc is about. And this is how, for example, we work with companies. Because if you want to create a high-performing team, then first you have to know how to lead yourself. And this is where a lot of people are struggling. There's this famous saying that diversity is when you're invited to a party and inclusion is when you're asked to dance. Mm -hmm. And it sounds nice, but I think it's missing a really important step, and that is the self-inclusion. Because if that happens one day and then you invite me, you ask me to dance, I'm going to say politely, no, you are as inclusive as possible, but because I would feel clumsy, then I would say no. And this seems to be the real pandemic. The people with low self-esteem, they don't know how to do it. They don't have the, the, the skills because they don't practice. Everything happens in the digital world now. If you don't like someone, you delete them. Yeah. Then you can also join groups where everybody agrees with you. So they amplify this cognitive bubble and then you think that everybody thinks like you. Mm. And we are losing the skill to interact with people who think and behave differently. Now, adding the low self-esteem, the low self-esteem to it. If you're, if the self-esteem depends on how many people like you, how many people need you, let's be honest, it's a really stressful place. But what's the alternative? Focusing on yourself, knowing who you are, what you stand for. And let's push the boundaries. You are even okay with it. You even like yourself. In that case, you don't have to bully anyone to feel important. And you don't have to hide to feel safe. How could you be inclusive towards others if you cannot accept yourself? And a lot of people are struggling with that. So this is what we focus on. The ability to lead yourself first before you lead others. I love how that's you, how we work on this. Yeah, no, I love I love how you framed it in terms of, you know, how can you be inclusive? If you actually don't even know what that means for yourself, if you don't know yourself. So that self-awareness yeah. is so, so important. And, and you're quite right. Um, people, people have forgotten. And, and is it even a skill? I don't know in this day and age. Is it a skill to be able to do this? But certainly, you know, as you were speaking, what came up for me was we have to figure out a way to cultivate this again, to bring it back into our space and our, into our control. So how can we actually do that, Chaba, in terms of ensuring we're building that level of self-awareness. We're practicing, as you said. The problem is that people don't do anything until it hurts enough. Mm. That's just human nature. Mm, the pain so this point. is where we have, to, <laughs> we have to introduce a new concept, which is homophilic diversity. It sounds like a disease, but it's not. It just means that we like and trust people who are similar to us. And from an evolutionist standpoint, it's really important because we can run on autopilot. It feels comfortable. It feels safe. So we are wired to hang out with people like us. So we don't have to think because it is physically tiring. So when you tell people to get out of the comfort zone, you tell them to find some challenges. It's like telling them to go against nature. <laughs> we are not designed for that. Mm -hmm. Unless we know why we do it. Unless we understand that certainty doesn't exist in nature. Comfort zone is not safe. If you really want to feel safe, then you have to be more, to do more. That's real safety, not hiding in a comfort zone. If something is rigid, it breaks. So that's what we have to work on. If we have this awareness, understand why being uncomfortable is actually serving me, then I can reframe that kind of painful experience into something positive, even though it's not pleasant. It's, it's actually so counterintuitive for most people when you say something like, safety is should actually be embraced by being out of a comfort zone because people feel being in a comfort zone is actually the safest place for me to be. <laughs> so, you know, it, it really is attacking a, a person's mindset and challenging those sort of deep-rooted beliefs, Chaba. 
to be able yeah. to say something like that. Wow. That's why it's a good timing right now. Think about the pandemic. How many people gave up on their dreams and they didn't become entrepreneurs or they didn't start their own business or they didn't pursue a career because, you know what, I need this safe job. Yeah. And now the job is gone and the dream is gone as well. And this is what I mean by comfort zone. It might be comfortable for now, but it's really dangerous in the long run. People are not scared of changes. They are scared of the sudden change. So would it make more sense to walk today so you don't have to run tomorrow? That is the concept behind it. Just to do it gradually, step by step. Nothing extreme, but it all adds up. Okay. Okay. I like that. And I also, I also tell my, my clients about in- incremental change, incremental mm-hmm. improvement. And that's exactly what you're saying. You know, it's not this massive overhaul that happens all in one go, that sudden impact, but actually a small change actually gets you towards dealing with the uncomfortable, but also building in a new level of safety as a result. I really like that. Okay. So how are you pushing yourself to be uncomfortable? And and what is motivating you to keep doing what you're doing, Chava? I think when you work with people, it's pretty much given. Okay. Because people are almost unpredictable. Yeah. But for example, right now I started watching programs that I really don't like. Because it's really naive to believe that just because I like something is true. Just because I don't like it, it's fake news. Okay. And technically, this is the definition of uncommon mindset, that you are able to see the same situation from different perspectives, so you can make better decisions. And then you can choose to respond instead of just reacting. So technically, it's about cognitive and behavioral flexibility. The more you see, the safer you are. Nice. And and I mean, taking that into account and, and the level of learning and awareness that you've gotten to now, Chaba. When you look back at that particular time in your life where those failures were happening, be it, be it the restaurant one or any of the others, um, is there any anything you wish you could have handled better at that point in time? It's polite to say that no, because mm-hmm. that's why we are here. So that would be mm-hmm. the politically correct answer. Yeah. But if I really want to be honest, then of course I regret a lot of things because often I was believing that I was doing the right thing for somebody. And it turned out later on that I was hurting them. And you know, if you make a mistake and you hurt yourself, that's your responsibility. That's fine. But hurting other people constantly, believing that you're doing the right thing, Mm -hmm. that is painful. So to me, this topic is much more personal than professional. It affects everyone. This is what I mean by ICQ. It's not about knowing the statistically average national differences. That just widens the gap. That's the worst container of culture. If you look at the research behind it, culture country of origin, gender, and generation. Based on that, you cannot predict anyone's values and beliefs. But when you look at the cognitive layer, that is more complicated. Often people think that we speak the same language, then we can understand each other. That's not true. That's not true at all. And it makes it very difficult that you express often the same values in different ways, and you're just growing apart, ultimately. And that's the painful part. Mm. So how do you then come together again? It depends on how much damage has been done. Mm. Sometimes, unfortunately, it's, it's it's almost too late. But then you have to learn your lessons. I mean, like Ray Dalio said that pain plus reflection equals progress. So a lot of people have the pain part, but they never reflect. <laughs> That's why they don't progress. So within ICQ, we use this term called level up. It's mm-hmm. coming from the gaming industry. You play a video game, you mm-hmm. learn new skills, and at the end, you have to destroy the monster. If you don't, you start over. If you do, you level up. 
And most people start over. So they end up in the same job, the same bad relationship, because there's always somebody else to blame, which is much easier than taking responsibility for our own growth. So that's the difficult part. Do I take responsibility? It's not the same as blaming myself. It's just about reflecting so I can make progress. Lovely. And I love the level up analogy. I'm a gamer girl, so I know all about that. <laughs> Absolutely moving on to destroy the monsters and move on. That's what it's about. Go for the monster. That's important. <laughs> <laughs> so looking ahead then, Chaba, what's in store for you um, for the rest of the year and into the new year as well? In pandemic times, what's happening for you? The pandemic is really useful in a sense that it's a wake-up call to many people because, yes, there are so many bad news and, and horror stories, but also there are a lot of inspiring ones. Okay. And people realize that, that they are capable of so much more than they've ever thought so. Mm-hmm. So it is also almost like an enlightenment in the sense that people realize what is important and what is not. So they are re-evaluating everything. And it's much easier to stand out from the crowd now when people can see who's actually practicing what they preach about. Who was talking about growth mindset, but then they disappeared. And who's the one who doubled down and provided real value to clients. So last year, we grew 62%, which is a good sign that we are providing real value. So the plan is to scale up the business, which means that we are looking for the right strategic partners, the kind of training and coaching companies who realize that the world completely changed and half a century old solutions are not going to get the results that the clients are hoping for. So that's a win-win situation. They can stand out from the crowd by offering the latest multi-winning solution. They have the clients and everybody's happy. That is the goal. Lovely. And, and it's likely that, you know, that evolution is going to continue as well as you find those new inputs into the framework as well from the pandemic, the opportunities from it. And also, as you said, being very, very specific with who you're going to build those networks with, because people are at that stage where they're looking for something more meaningful and purposeful to I like that. Okay. What, what pivotal piece of advice then would you like to share with our listeners about failure and you know, how to weather the storm and even how to pattern break from the spiral that it can turn into if you don't. Quite difficult, especially if somebody is alone. It's very difficult to get out of our own head. Mm. Probably that's the most difficult part. But I think now it's, it's easier to see that whatever we did so far, it didn't work. That's why we had these problems. Mm. So after that, it's a no-brainer to try something else. But unfortunately, most of us are logged into these different behavior patterns. And instead of trying something new, we try it harder because maybe next time, maybe next time it's going to be easier. So in that case, uh, the best part is when I got stuck in the business, I set up a lot of meetings with a lot of different people, difficult ones. So I got all those questions and, and hard time. Evolution happens under pressure. If you don't have it, if you don't choose it intentionally, life is going to give it to you. So I would rather make my own decision so I can get ready because it's coming. But I would rather walk today so I don't have to run tomorrow. And it's an intentional choice. Intentional. Take that control back. Why walk? As much as we can. As much as we can. That's true. Okay. I love that. Oh, it's been such a fantastic conversation um, and such wonderful insights, Chaba. As we as we finish off our, our chat for today, Maybe just share with us an inspirational quote, um, a lyric even, or a spiritual verse if you're inclined that way, but basically something that uplifts you and continues to help you progress as you go on your journey. My favorite quote is, I think that's on the guide, and it says, believe those who search for the truth, doubt those 
who have found it. And that's the guiding principle. There are way too many people who claim that they know the truth and you just have to listen to them. I never believe them. There's, it's, a, it's a process. It's a never-ending story. Just like cultural intelligence. If you say you have it, then clearly you don't. We can always, always improve. There's so much more to learn. Love that. The journey continues. Like you said, it's a never-ending journey. Wonderful. Exactly. Chaba, it's been wonderful having you on the podcast today. Thank you so much for your insights. I really appreciate it and for your time as well. Thank you so much for having me. It was a real pleasure. Absolutely. You take care. Thanks, Chaba. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for joining me on this episode today. If you like what you heard, rate the episode and podcast and feel free to write a review plus of course share with others too i love talking around topics like these so if you like my perspective or insight on a subject close to your heart or something that you're grappling with reach out to me in your comments or send me an email via my website or connect with me via linkedin instagram or facebook all my social media on the podcast information. If it's important to you, then it's important to me. So happy listening to the Inspire Your Life podcast and catch you soon on the next episode. Bye.